I had, sorry, I had to laugh out loud. Peter Edwards. He said, don't turn away the soccer moms trying to wear bikinis again. Keep doing God's work, gentlemen. My neighborhood pool is counting on you. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. With coaches Skip Hill and Andrew Berry, I'm Scott McNally. All of the program, all of our programming, excuse me, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings and hit me up if you have any questions about any of their stuff. Uh, we're brought to you by Patreon. Thank you guys for supporting our shows. And we're brought to you by SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians. So we're going to start out talking about some calves, knock out your listener questions. But first, I wanted to bring this video up to see what this is all about because Andrew just sent us something. Oh, hey there, little guy. What are you? (laughs) Where is this? Is this in your bathroom? (laughs) This is in our bedroom because Ah, someone in our household takes their GH first thing in the morning and... So rather than have to get up and go downstairs, because you know we have a whole process with the dog, and, and someone takes care of the dog, someone does something else, um, they can take their their preparation. Got to have it first, first thing, thing right roll out, out of bed. bed right out growth of bed, hormone, right good way bed. to start the day. So we don't waste time in our house. Calf training, Skip. We've been talking about various different body parts and you know methods for training them. We've had some people asking about calves. And I want you guys to to lay it on me. What are your thoughts? I've got a few ideas I'd like to share with you, but I want to hear what you guys have to say for calf training. I think the first thing to note is if you're listening right now and you go, oh, calf training, that's boring. You need calves because no one with calves thinks that calf training or having great calves is a bad idea. So they aren't needed on stage like they used to be. The, I always tell the story, so I'll tell it real quick, but... Um, I started training calves because my calves were horrible. They sucked. And by the time I got a good pair of calves, they didn't, I didn't need them on stage anymore. In the 80s, you could have a good physique, and if you had bad calves, you weren't going to win. Tony Pearson and people like that come to mind. These days, you can have a great physique and, and horrible calves, and they just kind of go, eh, okay, you don't look very good <laughs> in board shorts at the beach, but we're going to give you the win. And that's okay. Okay, that's fine. It's if it's a natural progression of sport, whatever. The point is, even walking around, calves are just good to have. They balance your physique. They don't make you look like you know you, you someone. T- I mean, it's funny these days where people who don't even train or at least look like they don't train will throw out that trite response of, "Oh, skipping leg day." What? What you have you ever trained in your life? You don't get to say skip leg. It's like when someone doesn't train and they call their they call a meal a cheat meal. It's not a cheat yeah. meal. It's a it's a every it's a meal to you. All your meals are cheat meals. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to actually diet for some length of time before you can call it a cheat meal or a skip leg. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, it, it, look, they take let's see some bullet points. Obviously, they take for they take forever to respond. They take forever to grow. So if you want good calves, number one, you better plan on pain, uh, incredible discomfort frequently because they do recover relatively quickly. So you can pound the crap out of them and should. And and it's just going to take a long time. They're going to be growing, but they're going to grow in grams. So you're going to have a hard time seeing that growth until one day you think, Oh, my calves are getting pretty good. But here's the catch. Your calves aren't good until people repeatedly tell you 
that your calves are good or they ask you what you do for calves like say scott mcnally <laughs> i get <laughs> and that. i'll even go so far as to say this one of the best ways to get a great set of calves is just be fat for like five six seven ten yeah. years Support because you will never mine. see someone who is overweight male or female mm-hmm. who is overweight for us i'm talking like overweight like big girl weight yeah <laughs> not have good calves after <laughs> they lose weight you can see, you look at your 40, 45-year-old guy, white guy, mowing his lawn in those white New Balance that are stained with, <laughs> like, they've got, got grass stains on them. His calves are probably big because he's overweight, because every white guy in his 40s is overweight if they don't train. But he's got really mm-hmm. good calves. So it just, it takes a long time. I mean, there's minutia there, there's details, but I'll, I don't want to go, you know, 20 minutes at a time here. So, Andrew, go in. What do you, what do you think? I totally agree that you got to train them. You got to train them frequently. Um, I think you, you got to progress with your calf training. And what I mean by that is, you know, let's say you're starting out training and you're like, okay, I'm going to start training my calves today. Don't start training them six or seven days a week today because you'll give up after the first week because you can't walk. Right. So I think a good progression is, okay, you're going to do two calf sessions a week, you know, whether before or after your training, whatever, whatever gets it done, you know, um, and then maybe two weeks after that, you add a third session. And then two weeks after that, add another session. And I think four is kind of the magic number, four times per week or, you know, four out of your five training sessions. If you're training five days a week, usually put them on the days that, like, like let's say your leg day is a two-hour leg day. You know, I would put them on the four other days that I'm training because, you know, obviously you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be adding another 10 to 12 minutes to, to your training session. And calves are usually an afterthought for people, you know. We've all been guilty of being like, oh, I still got to do calves. Eh, I'll do them next workout, you know? Yeah. So I think either program them in early or be the kind of person that sticks to your plan and gets them done. I also think that there's a variety of methods to train your calves or that can build your calves, whether it's doing more of like a DC, you know, 10 second stretch in the hole for, you know, eight to 10 reps versus doing like one set of 100 reps. I, I like to incorporate all those strategies. I think they work. And I also think you need to train your interior tibialis to make sure you're getting a well-rounded calf. Because, you know, when you're looking at someone from the front, you don't really see too much of the calf density unless they have a really developed interior tib too. So I do think, um, you know, and, and it's so easy to do. You get done doing the backside of your calves, just go stand off the edge of a stair and literally dorsiflex and plantar flex, you know, until they, they just go numb and you'll typically find like, you know, your first set, you'll get 40 reps and then your second set, you're like, Oh man, I got 32. And then they cramped up. And then by the last set, you're like, man, I got 17 before they cramped up. So it's kind of one of those things where you can add a lot of volume. It's not doing a crazy amount of damage. And um, yeah, you just got to hit them frequently. I want to go back to the basics for a minute. Cause I'm going to say what I think one of the number one issues is, and that's that I see people loading up, the uh the calf raise and then they just start bouncing it they bounce it up mm-hmm. and down and that's all i see in there they might have like three four five plates you know on that hammer strength mm-hmm. seated machine and it's just boom 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 that's all you see and there there's like this this momentum that they get from it and i think that if they were to lower that weight get a full stretch get a full contraction, control the negative, like we would on any other exercise. I think that that Mm -hmm. in itself would be the foundation because I think that's the number one mistake I see is people bouncing the weight. I can't Can't agree more. Yeah, and and, and I think, too, it's kind of a funny thing because how many times, if you see 100 people do that, 
How many of those guys have good calves? None of them. None of them. I mean, really. It, it's just kind of – I know I have waited on a seated calf machine numerous times and because somebody's using it, and then they go to – they go to they finish, and they go to yeah. pull the plates off. They're like, oh, you know, how many do you want? Do you want three or four? Like, I, I want one. First, yeah. I don't want to rip my Achilles, <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to warm up. And two, I'm going to literally probably top out. And I'm using this as an example for seated calf raises, and they're all a little bit different. The old school ones, you could kind of load up more, but the newer ones, they're kind of heavy. If I they're get heavy. to two plates, I'm frying the shit out of them with two 45s on there. I might go heavier. But yeah. I'm literally, I think it's far more important with calf training than any other muscle group to literally full stretch, full squeeze, no question. That That's like the most basic rudimentary thing that you need to focus on for calf training but you literally need to go until you cannot tolerate hmm. the pain anymore and if any muscle will respond to intensity techniques it's calves so then you have you know whether it be drop sets or rest pause or i call them shakes i don't know why i, I should have called them skip shakes because you know everything's about branding but apparently i wasn't thinking when i did that but you know as an example if you're doing standing calf raises I'll get as many reps as I can, and then I stand there. I don't even set the weight down, and I put my heels on the platform, and I'll shake one leg out at a time because if you shake it, you know, blood gets down there a little bit quicker, and yeah. then go right back in because you only need 10, 15 seconds to hmm. get blood in your calves, and you can get another three, four, five reps. Okay. So, you know, if you waited, you know, some people will do a, like a rest pause. They'll wait 30 seconds. If I waited 30 seconds on calves, I think most people are like this. You can damn near do another set. Mm. So yeah, you're right. the, it's just a very, very quick, you know, recovery. And you go back in. I mean, you do these endlessly. And it really is. I, you know, I say don't count reps. You know, you want your reps high enough that you're not putting yourself in a, in a bone or the calf or the Achilles in a vulnerable position. I don't think training calves ridiculously heavy is a great idea. But yet every now and then as a change of pace, any stimulus that your calf or that muscle is not used to can be a bonus too. I just think the large majority of the time, it doesn't need to be ridiculously heavy. Remember, the calves are used to the reason that they struggle or that we struggle to get more size or to make them grow is because they propel us around all day with tons of reps in that mid-range um, of the of the range of motion. You don't get a full stretch when you're walking around and you don't get a full squeeze. So that's where that muscle is not used to being and that will be a stimulus that will create growth o over time. So that's where the, the full range of motion is. In fact, if you want to <laughs> Andrew made a good point. If you come in and you just uh, like, I'm going to start training calves and you just blitz them even for one session. I mean, good luck because you might not even be sore the next day, but you're sore two days later. Mm -hmm. And then you're like calling out of work because you can't <laughs> walk. Like it's, it can be pretty, pretty bad, but yet the recovery is relatively quick. So mm -hmm. once you start to build the volume or you start to build the frequency, and I think frequency is important. I'm right up there with you. I think you said four. I'm almost always at three, but I also mm -hmm. split the calf into two muscles. I train the gastroc separate from the soleus. And you can always train the gastroc first and the soleus the following day, hmm. but you can't do it the other way. If you train huh. your soleus, good luck going in and trying to train gastroc because your soleus would be like, what What the hell's going on? <laughs> so That's actually a good point. Just things that I have found. And the other thing is footwear. I think it's very important. You know, I was old school for a long time, and I would just take off my shoes. 
The problem mm. is, is a lot of the edges on a platform are sharp. So get a shoe. I mean, literally, I, I train legs in one specific shoe. Uh, legs, and when I say legs, quads, uh, quads or ham or uh, quads or calves. You want something very, very thin. I think a Vibram sole is just about as good as they come, or an Otomics or something. You want it to grip the platform, but you don't want anything in the way. You don't want a high top. You don't want a three-quarter because anything that, that material gets in the way of the flex that's in front of the ankle, it, it kind of gets in the way. It'll limit your range of motion or it'll give too much support in that stretch position. But so don't wear work to boots? Grip. What's that? So don't wear work boots like Nasser did? No, no. And and it, the funny thing is, is clearly it worked for Nasser. But my fallback on that is none of us are Nasser because if we yeah. were, then we'd already have big calves and we wouldn't care what Skip or Andrew or <laughs> Scott says about calf training. Uh, but you, you, you need to grip so that your foot position doesn't slide. That's another thing that it can be distracting because you have to reposition your foot or your feet halfway through the set where if you mm -hmm. have a thinner sole like a Vibrams or I use Merrill, uh, vapor glove type running, they're, they're basically trail running shoes because they're very, very thin. Like a condom for your foot. Basically. Yeah. Um, you, I don't know if you guys remember aqua socks. Those, oh, yeah. that, that was yeah. the first time I started wearing shoes versus just kicking off my shoes. The other thing is back in the day, the gym owners didn't really care if you kicked off your shoes and train calves. These days, you'll go viral because someone will take a video of you and go, oh, this this nasty bastard is taking off his shoes. And now he's gross and he's not, you know, it, there's so much bacteria or some sh I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't go over like it used to. But I could talk Can forever I, on calf training, so I'll stop well, there. Well, well, the only thing I was going to say negating the super, super thin sole, and because and, this happens to me quite often, is you, you guys ever had plantar fasciitis? I have not. Personally. I have not. I have not. Oh, man. I've been lucky. So, I have not had that. I used to get it all the time when I was younger. And then over the years, I started to get it, especially when I was getting really lean and, and training calves during prep. Because I'll be honest, I put a lot more focus on calves during a prep situation than I do in the off season. In the off season, yeah, it's yeah. one to two times. I mean, that's like everybody, right? Like it's it's one to two days, you know, two max in the off season. It is the, it is the last thing I do before I leave the gym. Whereas in a prep situation, it might, it usually is the first thing I do while warming up. But anyway, what I'm, what I'm getting at is that some people, I don't, I don't know the exact reason why, but you just get this sharp pain whenever you go above like warm up weight, even uh, in that planner region. And it's almost like the, the, the muscles there are just like tearing apart it's it's incredibly painful and usually you have to get off and like just rest your foot for a minute and maybe adjust your foot position a little bit so that it's not as advantageous to the stretch and then hit it again so you're kind of cutting off some of your range of motion that that's the only but I, and i do find that wearing more of like a sneaker helps mitigate that but again it's because you are not getting the fullest range of motion like you would with the super thin sole right um, do you have that, a high arch or do you have flat feet uh high arch I think that's what I'm flat. I, my foot is, it's terrible. So I wonder yeah. if maybe that's, what about you, Scott? You have flat feet? I have good arches is what they're oh, considered. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then it's kind of 50-50 then because I was starting yeah. to think, oh, maybe it has something to do because I've never had a problem with it. What about cardio? Maybe cardio flares that up, that inflammation. It's quite possible. I'm sure that doesn't possible. help. Good. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't yeah. help. Quite possibly. But here's the yeah. thing also because I experienced it maybe a month ago when I was training with my buddy down in Florida 
And it was the first time I'd had it in a while, and I wasn't really doing any cardio other than walking outside in some really good sneakers that really, you know, support the arch. And um, it kind of surprised me that I got it. And it might have been due to maybe not training my calves as much as I should have been, that kind of thing. I, I got to say, like, I'm very um, disheartened with calf training right now because I think I've told you guys before, due to a nerve issue in my back, my left wow. calf is pretty much all disappeared. Oh. The gastroc's like... It, 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 I could show you pictures like my right one is still like boom. And then my left one looks like, you know, like the guy that she tells you not to worry about versus you, you know, it's one of those <laughs> kinds of things. It's, it, 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 it's actually a major depressing thing for me because my calves were something that I used to really take a lot of pride in because I used to bang them out four or five days a week and they were bulging like massive calves and I'd get compliments on them all the time. Um, doesn't Rachel tell you that size doesn't matter? I mean, my wife tells me that all the time. So I don't, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, before we moved on, I know that John Meadows was just insane. Well, I was going to go there. Yeah. I was, was just going to go there because John was the guy that made calf training important and cool again, right? Yeah. Because he would always show you exactly what he did in his workouts. And I actually want to go over a few of those workouts if you guys Yeah, that's what I was going to ask okay. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exercises, so, I think, are important. Yeah. So, like, and honestly, it's not just the exercise; it's it's how you do them, right? Because you could use sure. the same the, the the same setup regardless of whether you're doing a seated calf, you're doing it on a leg press, you're doing it on a standing calf, whatever it might be, right? And one of the main basic workouts that he would have you do is like ten full reps, and then drop down and do ten partials out of the stretch position, and then finish with a ten second hold in that stretch position and that would gas them up three three working sets of that and you're walking around with like bowling balls in your in your calves like <laughs> like you could feel the blood in there for the rest of the training session yeah um that, that that's a very standard one and usually he would kind of ramp up like maybe after three weeks of that okay we're gonna add a fourth set of that or maybe we're gonna add a fifth set of that um and always supersetting like some form of tibial raise in between there yeah he and always then, did that too Always, yeah, always, always, always. And that's why he had such great calves because, I, you know, it's well, you're not just going to train your bicep and, and, and walk around, right? You you want your arms to look equally developed all on all angles. So you train right. your bicep and your tries, right? Um, another workout, and, and when I write this down for people, they're like, oh, this will be easy. And it's one 100 rep set after you warm up with like 40% of your 10 rep max, right? Okay. And the caveat is, so you go to failure and you rest like Skip pointed out, like for 10 seconds, shake them out, and then you go again. So you might start out with like 32 reps and you take that 10 seconds and then next set you're like 16 reps and then it starts to dawn on you like, oh shoot, this is going to be like a five minute set because you went from like 36 <laughs> to like half, right? Like, you know, and then you take your 10 seconds and then you get like 11 reps and then you really, the despair sets in. You're like, oh man, my calves are screaming and I'm not even halfway done this thing yet. So anyway, one 100 rep set, 40% of like what you would normally use for a 10, 10 rep set, uh, 10 second breaks when you absolutely need to. Um, another one, and this is one, I, I would say I kind of took this one from uh, inspiration from Dante, but doing like an eight to 10 rep set and doing a five to 10 second stretch in the hole every single rep. So the, the emphasis oh, on this yeah. set is, is that stretch, right? Like the contraction, great. If you can get it all the way up, awesome. But the main thing is living in that stretch position uh, for like 40 seconds. Um, I think that does a great job of stretching the fascia to uh, give your body, give, give more room for more future growth when you're doing more of the volumizing stuff. Um, what else? What other workouts you, can you guys think of that are, that are kind of, what do you well, guys It's like funny that do? you say the 100 rep thing because back home in my uh, basement gym when I was a teenager, 
my buddy and I would do donkey calf raises old school because that's all we really had to do. And we would do the same thing. And it was kind of just a quick story, but it was funny because my girlfriend at the time was there and she was sitting right next to me and we're doing this off of like cinder blocks, right? And I get to like 52 and I'm screaming because, you know, I'm hardcore. And she reaches out <laughs> and puts her hand on mine and she goes, Ken, because she called me Ken then because I wasn't Skip then. So, um, But Melissa said, calls you Skip. No, right. <laughs> no, my, my <laughs> wife hates that moniker. She hates it. But um, she put her hand on my hand that was on the bench. She goes, you can do it. And I looked at her like, bitch, shut up. <laughs> what are you saying? Like, that is no motivation for you can do it. Bitch. Like, really? Get out of here. We're trying to train. Anyway, just put your hand. Always, yeah, put it on. My, like, she's being so sweet. Like, oh, you, you can do it like that. Oh, anyway. I'm trying to be tough here. What are your guys' favorite? Because I do have a favorite exercise that I think, like, uh, let's put it this way. If there's one exercise to do for calves, you can only do one for the rest of your life, what would you do? And you can't, well, I mean, you can. You could say standing calf raises because it's like the bench press of, you know. Are you, are you talking about like a particular machine or are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, oh, pretty much. Or, okay. or just any type of movement. Mine, why you guys are thinking, I'm going donkey calf raise because I, I like the donkey calf raise. Or even the flex. If you can find a flex, they have one at Animal House in Milwaukee and it is even better than the I carry. But because of the bent, the bent position, you have the calf and the hamstring in more of a stretched position. But here's the catch. Too many people, and they do this a lot when they go heavy even on standing calf raises. The more you bend at the knee, the more you're changing and pushing that. You're, you're still working the gastroc, but mm. the more bend at the knee, you're pushing more of that work to the soleus too. So mm -hmm. I don't want to say lock them because that's a dangerous move and people yeah. get it. But at the same time, as close to locked as you can because that emphasizes – and makes the stretch more dramatic and it limits the weight that you can use at the same time. You could cut your reps in half by, or you could double your reps and make the set easier by getting a slight bend at the knee, where if you keep it a little mm. bit straighter, you're going to cut those reps usually in half. But I think that there, that exercise alone will just blow my calves up, blow them up, and I could literally use that one exercise. What is the machine called? <clears throat> Um, you're at a, you sit on the bench. It almost looks like a frog squat. You're sitting at a 45 degree angle. Your feet are on the platform. It almost looks like it's like a leg machine that you can squat with. You know what I'm talking I about? I call it a high angle hack, but that's not what it's called. I think it's called a hip. I know what you're talking about. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically taking a um, an angle leg. Well, no, no, I'm not talking and, about it. And doing it. No, 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 no. Doing it the other way. I, I got to. You know, what? Scott, you tell yours. I'm going to look it up real quick. I don't have one. Um, I would say. Cardio is literally all I've ever done for calves. Like, if I do calves, it's literally like once a year, swear to God. That's it. At least me, I'll just speak for myself. I just hate you because I have spent so much time over the years. You and Matt are Mike Matarazzo. Mike, how does that? My brother, my brother and my dad have great calves. I always look and I go, God, I got my mom's shoulders. My my her shoulder width and calves and that Victoria, is just not even fair. Victoria took this oh. picture one time. Let me see if I, I had it. I I tried to find it here. This is this was literally after doing cardio. Oh man, where is it? I just downloaded. I thought. Oh yeah, here it is. Do you this get is bad shin splints? This is just doing cardio calves. Jeez. 
So I, that's yeah, like, that, yeah, that was, you know, in the, you know, what's yeah, funny wild. though, the issue for me was that my calves grew faster than my quads. So there was a point that like down around my knee was like the same width, yeah. <laughs> like lower yeah. quad was like the same width as my calves. And that's why just I still have to. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> will think your quads are doing. <laughs> you were having a hard time getting your, getting your knee sleeves on because they couldn't get over your calves, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. I put them on inside yeah. out. You know, they're not as big yeah. as they yeah. used to be now, but I put them on inside out and then flip them over it. Yeah. Well, so you, so what you just touched on, they're not as big as they used to be, but you know darn well that if you started attacking them again three, oh, yeah, four days sure. a week, or, or just doing cardio, like you, like you mentioned, or yeah. skip, if you're not training them as much right now, hitting them again with a pro, I feel like that's the muscle group that you could literally dramatically change in like one I or two months. I think you're right. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. they volumize so quickly. Not, and you're just like, maybe it's, begin with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's the inflammation, maybe, but it's like, if you get on a regular habit of training your calves three, four days a week, within a month, you're like, oh, wow. Like, like you, you can see right. substantial growth. Yeah. yeah. All you right. Get you get that back. picture, Scott? Oh, no. I was talking about the one that you actually oh, this do one. for yep. quads. That's okay. the same thing, but it's got a bigger platform. But it's basically the same thing. That one's just for calves. And it's a yeah, great piece. That is a cool machine. I do like that one, too. Yeah, they're not very yeah. common. You're not going to find those in, in you're going to find no. in one out of 15 gyms. Old school gyms like deep. that one right there. Yep. Exactly. No, this is, this, is, this is a new gym that just popped up. This is where I go in um, Florida. Yeah. It's one of our gyms. Well, they've it's, got old school equipment. Uh, they've got good looking stuff yeah, do, there. Well, they got some old school stuff, but then they got a lot of like Alibaba stuff. I think I told you about oh, that. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got to say though, Alibaba, you know, they're, they're really good at stealing some intellectual property because I, this, the chest press feels as good, if not better than the, the, the Nautilus machine that they're copying. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's a smooth in it. Like one, even one plate, you're like, oh my gosh, like I feel my pecs, like I haven't felt them in weeks. Nautilus, right. is this where I take 15 seconds and apologize to the oh, listeners yeah. for giving yeah. Bad information. Yeah. I and I do. You know, I'm honest enough to admit. I mean, when I when I say something that's wrong and I'm checked by, he was nice about it. But Dave Harnett was cool enough to send the information. Dave Harnett. He's the, been following the show since forever. He's a great dude. He's yeah. uh, contributed to Patreon and to my wedding, and he's really good dude. He's a great guy. I said on a past podcast that Arthur Jones created or designed, I think I said, designed the new hammer strength. And I was floored by that. And I had heard it by a couple people in the, well, I heard it by one person and I talked to somebody else, spoke to someone else and they backed it up. So I took it as gospel. I took it as that, that was true and legit. But Arthur Jones did not have, did not design hammer strength. And I want to make sure I get this right. It was his son and another person, Kim Wood. Who, Gary, was it? Gary Jones? Yeah, Gary Jones. Yep, the son. And Kim Wood, uh, strength and conditioning coach, who designed and they took the, um, and they created hammer strength. So I was kind of reaching and I thought, well, how did I screw this up? Maybe Arthur Jones designed it. Then they had their falling out and, you know, his son and Kim took, you know, the, the hammer strength line and, but Gary didn't have anything to do with it at all. It was Arthur. his son. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, my apologies I mean, for that. It's it's in the same phase. Like it's one of those like what do you call them? It's not an egregious mistake. Don't give me yeah, that. But, no. yeah, you know. 
You know? No, and I'm sure he just was telling us because he knows he's an equipment dude. Yes, sure, he's got his well, own home gym. That's why I question him. I'm like, how yeah. sure are you? Because <laughs> yeah, he's got a home sure. gym, and he's been around like as long as you have. He's one of those. He's one of those guys. Good dude. You know, it, it's kind of one of those things too because we've been exposed to so much information over the years, and, and I tried to explain this to someone the other day. You know, when like you, you just know why you do something. But then, like, there's certain things where you're like, well, wait, exactly why do I do it that way? Like, what, what is the science behind it? But, yeah. And it, you could go back and learn it again, but you, maybe you can't explain every single step just because you've been exposed to a million other points of knowledge yeah. since that point that it's just sure. like your brain can only hold so much. But you know the track and you know, like, it's kind of like, like learning how to walk, right? Like, you know how to put one foot in front of the other. Well, okay. I know how to get you lean. I know why we're doing this, but can I explain it exactly right now? Let me go back and look up all the enzymes involved. Sure. I'll put it on paper for you if you're that interested. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got here. We got a few, we got a bunch of listener questions. We probably won't get through all of them. I think I have like a dozen of them from Patreon actually. Um, but I figured a good place to start would be with this one here. Um, oh, actually that's not the one. How about this one? I thought I had it. I thought I had it. I moved my thing. All right. We'll just start here with carbohydrates. It's not the one I wanted, but we're going to answer it anyway. Um, Dakota had said, um, can we get a breakdown on why some carbs are bad? Um, like why some plain cereal is in low in sugar or uh, has none or has none might be worse than oatmeal, even though it is, uh, even though it digests easier. Also, a ranking of best low sugar cereals to worst. I currently have plain Cheerios made from oats, plain Kellogg's cornflakes, and plain fiber shredded wheat. Uh, I know Chex Mix has zero sugar rice cereal, and I know some people love, love Rice Krispies. Also, um, does source yogurt screw up a diet? Carbs. Okay. How do we so, answer this? The well, no, okay. So I think like from a nutritional right. standpoint, right? When we talk about, say, the Czech cereal, or or even a, an even better example is a piece of white bread, right? Yes. You take white bread and you look at the label; it'll say maybe one gram of sugar total, or, or most of them say none. Yet that carbohydrate source will break down and enter your bloodstream faster than table sugar will. Okay. So let that sink in for a minute. So just because something says no sugar. And, and you got to look at all the variables. Is there fiber involved in it, right? Like like a source like oatmeal. Oatmeal is very fibrous. It's going to take a while to break down. Yeah. Or white rice, which is going to break down a little quicker than, say, that oatmeal. Or, or a breakfast cereal like Fruity Pebbles, which I really like to eat post-workout because it's really easy to get down. It makes me hungry again. About an hour later, I can eat my next meal. Great. Okay. Just because something says there's no sugar in it, you got to understand the way that your body works. You you have patalin, patalin, which is an enzyme, you know, basically amylase in your um, in your spit, which starts the breakdown process. So by the time some of these cereals even make it to your stomach, they're already partially broken down, and some of some of the sugar has already been extracted in a sense. Okay, um, whereas if you were to eat say a bowl of oatmeal. That's not necessarily going to happen. It needs to mix with chyme. It needs to mix with the other digestive enzymes and then enter your small intestine before it starts to break down into individual sugars. Okay. So I think, I guess getting back to his, his question, is he asking, are these cereals good sources or is he asking? Um, I think he wants to know what I'm, good cereals there are. And quite frankly, I'm going to go on record and say I don't recommend them unless it's post-workout. I'm not a big processed carb fan. Uh, I'm not even 
all that big on on rice, to be honest. But some people tolerate it very well. I'm yeah. more of a I like I like more voluminous carbs that take hmm. up space. I like potatoes. I like um, it, to, to be honest. I think quinoa is um, underrated because you do have a. I know some people don't. I get it, I but like it it, it's one of the few plant sources though that has a complete protein as well. Now, I don't usually use it myself to diet. I will on occasion, especially for variety and a change of pace. Uh, but when I go to load on the weekends and I go to sweet greens, I always make sure that I have double rice and double quinoa in there to get more carbs. But I think the processed carbs for me, it, I just I think they're horrible unless it's post workout and you need them quickly or when you're loading either a cheat meal or a skip load or whatever you want to call it these these days uh, and for the reasons that you said now here's here's the bitch when you get into the glycemic index which is essentially how fast the a carbohydrate hits the bloodstream then there's this giant rabbit hole mm -hmm. because i struggle with um i don't well i'll just i'll just say this <laughs> and and some people are going to disagree you guys might disagree i think that a carbohydrate powder i don't care what it is is not a good idea because of how fast it hits your bloodstream. Unless it's post-workout, there's insulin involved, intra, uh, or when you're loading or you're loading for a show. For a Let meal, me ask you a question to that point. Idea. Can I ask you a question on that? Because I think you'll answer it. Let's say it's a sweet potato powder, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe tell the listeners, why does that hit your bloodstream faster than eating a sweet potato? Well, first, there's no fiber. It's been defibered. Um, because of the, and there's two things that slow down. We know it, but the listeners need to probably just needs to be reiterated. Two That's why I was asking. Thing, yeah. There's two main things that slow down the rate that a carbohydrate hits your bloodstream. One is fiber. One is fat. So when you get into the powders, the fiber has been removed. The fat, arguably there's zero. You're not adding fat like you would to a, to a meal where you might have sweet potatoes, but sweet potatoes is another rabbit, rabbit hole too. Uh, because or of even white White potatoes, yeah, there's so potatoes. much to talk about that it could get complicated. So yeah. we have to kind of stay on track with the question. But can I cut yeah, you off and that, add one more reason why? The powders. And I think people look at it and they go, oh, well, it's it's oatmeal powder or it's uh, sweet potato powder, like you're saying. But, you know, Vitargo is or was at its inception was a potato base. I don't know if it is now or not, but was a potato base, very gooey, sticky. You could hardly keep it in solution without it getting sticky because it was a great intercarb on or post-workout carb but if you didn't drink it fast enough it would turn and turn into gel basically and you'd have to be scooping it out with a spoon so i i'm just i go on record to say that the processed carbs for me i don't think they're a good idea i don't want them in there i want fibrous um carbs i want carbs that take up space to satiate or for satiety <laughs> I'm st i still get stuck on that andrew but it's it that there's the carbohydrate thing is just a big big massive rabbit hole uh and i'll leave it at that i just want to add one more thing to the reasoning why it hits your blood like a sweet potato or an oat powder uh, hits your bloodstream faster than eating those food sources is the mechanical breakdown 
It's already yeah, broken sure. down into a I was going to say that. If, I was going to add that, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry to steal your yeah, point. In cereal. Well, and it's yeah, no yeah, different would, than would you protein, put, for that would, matter, too. I mean, a protein powder is going to hit your bloodstream much quicker than a solid protein. I was, that was yeah. the next thing. I was going to say anything that's already pre-digested. And what we're doing when we're doing powders is we're pre-digesting it. We're doing the work that the stomach would have done to yep. break it down, turn it into chyme, and mix everything together so that the enzymes can hit it properly. You're doing that. You're, you're erasing a step, and you're saving 20, 30, 50 minutes on the digestive process. That's what and would you want a cereal agree? that's good? Steel cut oats. Sorry. <laughs> would you guys yeah. agree that cereal, like even even like Chex or, or what do you say, Cheerios, it's still basically powder. It's just been reformed right. into little, you know, shapes. Mm -hmm. So it's exactly. still it's the very, same thing. Very, very good point. Yep. I'll, yeah. I'll also add to this, though. Like just because of what we're saying about a particular carb source or if you're doing something and it's working, then it's working. Sure. And don't mess with it. You yeah, know what I'm right. saying? Like, like, cause I know people that, I mean, I was going to say, I know people that get away with, you know, drinking like, um, like Gatorade as some of their carb sources during a prep situation because their carb load is still so high. Yeah. It, we would be like, Oh, you're drinking sugars for your carbs. It's like, well, it's working for him. He's getting in shape. Why would I do anything different? You know, and it's palatable. He likes what he's eating. It keeps his stomach in whatever the reasons it might be. It works. And that's the bottom line. I think with bodybuilding, we have all these science experts and especially with training with all these kids that come out with these videos about, I think you were talking about earlier, Skip, on a text message about if I see another kid do a one arm uh, uh, pull down <laughs> with like this yeah. perfect form, right, yeah. where he's missing the whole whole sense of like, wait a minute, like just work hard, train your back from a variety of angles. So I'm just getting that, you know, if it works for you, disregard anything we're saying to the contrary. Yep. Agreed. All right. We got some more. We got a couple good ones here. We got one from Chris and so far these have all been from Patreon. So thank you guys for your support. Um, it says for BSG, uh, I was looking, I want to look my absolute best for an upcoming class reunion in early August. Um, beach bar. I'll be wearing a muscle stringer in short shorts. I don't want to be super dry like a bodybuilder on stage. I think I would look. Uh, I think I would look way better being full, vascular, and pumped up, and give the illusion of looking big as a house. What would you recommend? How to approach this with diet, training, drugs, etc.? Like, would you peak for the event? Thank you for taking the question. Why don't you hit us, Scott? Me and me and Skip, we're just talking the whole time. Why don't you tell us what you would do? The whole time. Uh, what? While I was reading that? No, we were talking. Oh, I see. I was like, what? I was confused. Yeah, that's all you no, no, no. I'm saying the last question. We hijacked it. So why don't you get, oh, tell us what you would no, do with this guy? Man, I'll tell you what. I would just diet. You know, I, I don't think yeah, I'd, I, mean, I don't think I'd peak for this. I'd just try to get into good shape, and then and then maybe give yourself an. I mean, what did he say? It's in August, so he doesn't have a ton of time. He's got a. It's August seventh, I think he said. Maybe I misread that. No, well, he said August or early August. So if it's June right now, he has. Uh, well, he has two months, so I guess he has a good amount of time mm -hmm. to. I just work mm -hmm. on getting the fat off. You know, and if mm -hmm. you wanted to run gear, it would depend on what his um, what his experience was, right? If he's a guy who's mm -hmm. just been on like TRT, maybe add in a little bit of mast, and you could even mm -hmm. add a fat burner into this or something, you know, and you you would get in better shape. And then, and you know what the mistake I think people make is that they are afraid, and this goes with contest prep mostly, but I think you could see it in this situation too. <clears throat> people are afraid that they're getting they're losing muscle, 
you know? Mm. And if he starts pushing it hard right now, he might actually look smaller, right? And then he's going to envision, and he goes through, you'll go through that stage of being fat and flat, you know, mm. early on, depending how lean he is. But I mean, if you just hammer it for maybe six weeks and then, you know, maybe the last week or something, pull it back a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't try to manipulate water or anything like that because no. you're not going to be able to hold anything unless, nah. unless, you know, unless Kim from the 10th grade had dumped you and you want to get mm. back to her, then I would absolutely take some diazide. I'd work harder. <laughs> I'd use T3 and trend come in absolutely peeled. And then when mm-hmm. she wants you, you know, I'd just turn around and go the other way, you know, go Can sleep I with a friend, go sleep with Kim's friend that night at yeah. the beach barbecue. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, I want to piggyback off this real quick. I, I'm going to be the dick. I'm not, I haven't been a dick in a long time, so I'm going to take this opportunity. And if the, if this guy listens to the show, he knows that I have the potential to be a dick. Uh-oh. I don't want to give any advice for someone peeking for a fucking reunion. I think that is really like, you got to be kidding. Well, like, he asked, should I? He asked, should I? Well, even? Yeah, no. Well. The, the answer to me is just unequivocally no. And I'll give a few pointers. Number one. What you should do at a reunion is you should go in shape and yeah. downplay it a little. Because here's here's the thing you have to remember. Yeah. No one's going to be in shape there anyway. You're yeah, exactly. No one's going to go, oh, gosh, if he was a little tighter, he'd be hot. No, you're going to stand <laughs> out from anybody anyway. And you don't want to run a bunch of gear because what are reunions for? They're to go to try to get your ex-girlfriend naked again. <laughs> and if you can't, you at least want them to want you to be naked. Like, they'd be like, damn, I wish, I wish I could get him naked again. It would be just so <laughs> and peeking for something like that, no, you don't need to do that. You're going to be no. in better shape than anybody there. There's no, and no one's going to notice the 1% or 2% that you would spend all that time and potentially yeah. gear and everything else. Do what you normally do. Get leaner. There's nothing wrong with getting leaner. But as far as water or anything like that, no. Peek for a show. Don't peek for Well, it wouldn't do anything anyway, right? Unless someone was no. you know, into that four percent body fat sure. range, like like. It, it, and I get you know I get people that want to do this. I'll, I'll give a secret away. <laughs> people that like, oh, I'm getting ready for a photo shoot, and they're in the off season, and they, yeah. they're like, can you help peek me for it? I'm like, sure. So like, we might manipulate water, but if you do the math on it. <laughs> They're literally drinking the same thing. I had them drink every freaking other day throughout the whole <laughs> crap we did. It's just the fact that they're manipulating it a little bit. Like, oh, okay, now, now drink this water earlier in the day. Now we're going to cut it off a little bit. But then I want you to drink a little bit more before bed. Like, that's going to top you off. You know, little things you do to phrase it. Because they want, like, a peak experience. But it's like, there's nothing to peak here yet. You're, you're not in the kind of condition where any real manipulation. It, actually, I'll go as far as to say, if we did actually try to manipulate, you're probably going to look like you're holding water and it's going to look worse because you're yeah. just not in that that skin thin condition you need to be where it would warrant, you know, adding in diazide or warrant adding in, you know, water manipulation and sodium manipulation and whatnot. And then same with like, you know, vacations, you'll get people occasionally that are like, hey, I want to like peak for this trip. And then, you know, yeah. if you peak for a trip and then you're going to be on a cruise ship drinking for five days, how's that right. going to yeah. work out for you? You know, yeah. you're gonna be it's like, what day do you want to peak for if it's a 10 day cruise? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to be like, there's some false advertising going on here. Like you yeah. look way yeah. different than you did on day one. <laughs> so, so we would say just get into the best shape he can. Get peeled. 
gear we can't really say if you're a gear guy then maybe he's going to want to run gear with that because i'll tell you what you know i I, i'll say this i've known people that it's like well does he need to run gear for this he doesn't need to but there are people that just want to do it and that kind of ties into our next question too and you know what if it motivates him there's going to be a thing some people get really motivated maybe he's going to work harder i say more power to him if he wants to do that you know everybody's going to do that for a reunion though they're going to all do the women are going to do the below half a bologna (laughs) cheese sandwich and like one Oreo cookie diet for five weeks, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. The guys are going to be you, pulling their stomach in and holding their chest out you, a little bit further, holding their drink real hard to flex their. I mean, it's all it's so the reunions are so douchey anyway. It's kind of funny. I, I want to know who set this reunion up on a beach. Like, it must be someone who's very, like, it, it must be a bodybuilder or competitor. It was this like, guy. Oh, this guy right. is the president like, of the class. That's what I'm and getting. He set it up. Exactly. Let's do it on a beach. <laughs> That's ah, good shit. All right. How about this one? This is a good one. Still from Patreon. Um, do you guys look down on guys that do cycles, heavy stuff, that don't compete and do it for lifestyle? Gym bros can be very serious too, like myself, but like me, I don't give myself uh, give myself on diet 100% every day because to me, going on stage should not be an excuse to do a heavy cycle. I see some guys here um, use this excuse. On the other hand, I believe there is something magic about competing and doing 100% before going on stage. I don't give a shit. No, I don't. Look, yeah, head. they don't care I enough. Feel like yeah, we're on. I think we're on the I same page. I bet. I don't care Which enough what someone else is doing. <laughs> if you're one of my clients. I care, but if you know, unless I know someone's doing something just so outrageous that you hear about, you're like, you're gonna hurt yourself, dude. Like, well, we, you're yeah. running three thousand megs of trend. I'm yeah. probably gonna say, dude, I, that's not a great idea. But yeah, yeah, do whatever you want, man. We uh, we had that other guy that I we were we were kind of ripping on, uh, you know, on the last episode or maybe the episode before that. I can't remember. But he was like, you guys don't want to, you know, you guys don't think that, you know, people, average guys should run a ton of gear or whatever. You know, remember something like that? He had then he also used the word like noble, like you guys think that you're doing some noble cause. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we all know what we're doing. Like we're, 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 we're doing a beauty contest. Like we all agree on that. Like we're not talking, we don't think we're better than anyone else. We don't think we're doing anything more noble or more moral than anybody else. We're just living our lives and trying to achieve the outcomes that we want to see on ourselves and our clients. And so the, the way this guy was coming at it, I think he just was a troll and he wanted to try to I pick think something so. hard on us. Because I, think he, so I didn't too. see any accuracy in his comment. I, I just thought it was kind of unfair because I just don't see us as ever doing that. But I, yeah. yeah. But I but if somebody wanted to run a bunch of gear, I mean, like you said, if they were, I wouldn't feel good about it if they were harming themselves. But like Gary too, Gary, we just interviewed Gary Turner. Yeah. If Gary was like doing a bunch of stuff that was super hurtful to himself, then I might be concerned too. You know what I mean? Just for yeah. And he is competing, or you guys, or anybody. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You know, is it my place to judge him though? Is it my place to judge him? That you know, not really. That's more the issue because if he doesn't ask. It's not, that's how I always look at it. It's not my business if they don't ask because whoever it is is doing their own thing. And I I can't stand when people are in my business or they question me or they're concerned. So I don't, I don't, I can't be a hypocrite and turn around and, and project that onto other people. It's do your thing. I'm leave me alone to do my thing. Don't judge me. And I'm going to leave you alone to do your thing. And I'm not going to judge you Teach your own, whatever, do it, do it, do what you want to do. Yeah. Okay, like get I gotta, ready for a reunion. 
<laughs> I got a fun one, and I asked Ron and Dusty this question earlier today. What's what's the biggest load of nonsense bro science you've heard from a reputable coach? All I can think of is the George Ferris seminar with Kai Green sitting next to him talking about wasting a workout if you have post-workout carbs because of the GH release. <laughs> I had a hard so time much. thinking of anything. How much time do we have? <laughs> I'm glad you got stuff because I look. I was trying to think, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I mean, the only thing I thought of was like, oh, you have to eat within 20 minutes of getting out of the gym, or you wasted that workout. You lost the anabolic window. Yeah, and and we all used to believe that back in the early 2000s, I think even, and then sure, we sure. started to learn by experimenting and trying things out and realizing, oh wait, we had it way wrong. We're still growing. We're still getting huge and jacked. Um, that that was the main one I could think of. I'm sure you guys. Better than well, I think it depends on who you ask, too. I understand they're asking us, but there are plenty of people who will slam, you know, uh, fast carbs post-workout. Uh -huh. I can think of one in particular who's on a, a ramp or was on a rampage recently about this, about how it doesn't work any better than anything else. Well, it doesn't work any better, so you're basically saying it's the same thing, so what the <laughs> hell is it different? Like, mm. you, you need to sit down to a boring plate of you know, rice or potatoes, if it's, if it's all the same. So it depends on, uh, depends on whom you ask. It just doesn't, I don't, I don't know there. You know, I, I think about the fish thinning that that's one of the, mm. you know, one of the, the honeyisms. Um, I know I was sitting at a, a breakfast with a Mr. Olympia and a NFL lineman, uh, at the, at, before a, um, the Kalamazoo, actually. Oh. I was going to guest pose at the Kalamazoo, and my client was with me. We were having breakfast at a diner, and the Olymp Mr. Olympia at the time, I'll say Mr. Olympia competitor, to, okay. as to not, <laughs> so as to not narrow it down too specifically, uh, insisted, was emphatic with the uh, waitress that there would be no sodium on his hash browns and his eggs and everything else. And I didn't say anything. I didn't smile at anything. And when she, when she left the table, he looked over at me, and I noticed he was just staring at me. So I looked at him. And he goes, "I know you. I know you want to say something." I'm like, "I don't need to. It's not my business. I'm not saying nothing." I started laughing. <laughs> to me, it was silly. It made no sense. That clearly, he was giving advice to mm -hmm. stay away from sodium, but to eat all these sodium, you know, this diner food in the morning. It was just funny to me. Was it his coach? Was he someone that follows a, a strict plan from a coach? Yeah. So, yeah, so what I'm getting at is, isn't it interesting how, like, because I'm assuming Mr. Olympia is coached by one of these big names that we always hear. Isn't it funny how sometimes we still hear these things that we just know way better that from the top down, it's still being yeah. presented as bodybuilding gospel. It's sure. It blows yeah, my mind. And, and I think it shows animated. you that, that these guys at this top level are good not necessarily because of these coaches, but despite of these coaches. Yes. They're, they're just that friggin' good. Because I've I seen some yeah. protocols where I'm like, that doesn't add up at all. It doesn't make sense scientifically. It doesn't add up. And yet he's still good on stage. And I think it's the genetic component more than anything. I have one I'll have to tell you guys off the air. I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just think it's now the listeners are going to be like, well, Scott, will you tell me? Like, hey, I won't tell anybody. My lips are DMs, sealed. But... My lips are really sealed on this one until we stop off hitting the button. The yes. You know, people are like, what do you mean off the air? You can't. Sorry, talk guys. Off That's one thing I would get so is. busted if I were to say, yeah. What about? Mm -hmm. I got one though. I so so I got a couple. 
and this isn't like a big name coach thing, but I, I, um, the one of the ones, so I saved one that I used for it's just bodybuilding, and that was don't brush your teeth the last week of your prep because oh, yeah. of the extra sodium in the toothpaste. Did you ever I've hear that never one, Skip? Heard that. No, that's an Arnold. Oh yeah, that's an Arnold one. That's that's, that's one. Really, you can't brush yeah. your teeth that last week of the prep. Sodium and, fluoride, and then a training one. We could probably think of a lot of training ones, and I remember. Working out with a a pro that had literally some of the best arms I had ever seen in my entire life. And he said, okay, and then when we're curling, I turn my arm this way so that I hit this part of the bicep. Mm. And that's why I have the peak right here. (laughs) (laughs) So we know that we're, I mean, can you target the bicep? Can you target the, can you, can you, can you get better peaks, Skip? There is no, you know, it's funny because there is no shaping technically of a muscle. Muscle grows based on the genetic shape. But, you know, there there are some things that have come up over the years that I just think to myself, we might have this much more control with the shape of a muscle than we think we do. Yeah, Um, it's called SEO. Yeah, exactly. It's But it's so incredibly minor and minimal. And and people will say the one percent, you know, Phil Viz says this all the time, and I res- you know respect his opinion on it. You know, the the half of the percents or the one percents add up, and if you do that, you know, six times, then you have six percent instead of one percent. I I think it's still one percent. Yeah, I I just don't. Yeah, I just don't have that. But I think that if there's not a substantial benefit to something i think that it's uh, like we were talking about with gary i think it becomes kind of neurotic and it becomes so mm. obsessive and so so anal that it just isn't it, it mm. isn't worth the time it isn't worth there are other things that are far more important to focus on than those little ty- the minutiae that just kind of doesn't a lot of that stuff doesn't matter in the end. You can't quantify it. You can't mm-hmm. say, well, if I did this, if I, you know, it was the old argument of maltodextrin versus waxy maize or, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. How, how do you quantify that? Like you, yeah. over the course of a year, you gain 200 more grams of, it, you know, muscle <laughs> tissue. I, I, I just don't see that's insignificant to me. There are other things that are far more important to pay attention to that can make more dramatic changes. I remember another one, and I, I don't do this anymore. So when I first started learning, did you learn it, Skip, in the gym in the 80s that when you were, um, when when we would bench, you had to touch the dumbbells together at the top? That was. Oh, yeah. If you didn't, you you were literally cheating. We make up our own. The industry makes up its own rules to judge. It's funny how it goes. And, and you know, it's funny because minor, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but minority groups and, and little subcultures, it, it's funny to me, the infighting. Because we're all on the same page, we're all doing the same thing, and we can't stand that we're judged outside of our group, but yet inside mm. our group we split hairs <laughs> oh, and we judge yeah. each other and we segregate. And you know, this guy's dumb and this group is dumb. It, it, it's silly. But absolutely, if you didn't touch the dumbbells, there was a lot of clanging yeah. of those dumbbells back then. Yeah. Do you yeah, ever you do you ever do that today? Once in a while, like back in the pandemic, the I had really light weights in my basement gym, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to make these work. Why don't I try that again? You know, it's like I went back to it in 2019. You know when I stopped doing that? When? We had hex dumbbells. And if you banged them together, oh. they would chip off and they would land in your fucking eye. In your yes. eyes. Yeah. The paint yes. would come off. So I was like, this is a bad idea. I'm not doing this anymore. This is stupid. I'm going to choke on it. Lateral raises. In my mouth or in my eye. 
Do you remember the ladder? Oh, raises? yeah. Pour, you got to dump. Yeah, pour uh, the milk. Pour the milk. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? But I think, you know, Maybe, that one was um, a little bit more legit in the sense that it, it was just trying to drive home a, a reason of, you know, yeah, the elbow needs to be higher than, you know, the, the hand or the dumbbell. Uh, it's kind of like when we were talking about, um, you know, with the, um, Doug about the side laterals. We found a way to explain it better by, and I just explained this to a guy at the gym two or three days ago. He, I saw him playing with his arms, trying to get the right, you know, without weights in his hand for the side laterals. And I said, look, if, if you're open to a piece of advice, I'll, you know, I'll give it, take it or leave it. Advice is cool like that. And I explained to him about trying to touch the wall to the side versus yeah. taking them up to the ceiling. Take them out to the side. They'll come up. Yeah, that and was he my. Did a couple sets. He's like, "Oh wow!" So those things on the surface can be like, "Oh, that's kind of a silly exp- explanation." That's- but if it drives something home for somebody that they walk away with a different feel, then then okay, cool. That but one stuck with you, huh? Dumbbells. What's that? That one stuck with you, huh? That was. I, we can give credit to Andrea Watson. She was the one who said she was a client of mine, and it, I didn't ever tell her that. And she was trying to work out. We talked about it with, with with Doug, and she had said, "Yeah, to touch." She tried to touch the wall. Instead of because you always see people trying to go up. And yeah, well, I, she, I did the same thing. The That's show. why I was glad she to hear Doug say the same. As did well. he say? Did he say that as well? Yeah, to touch yeah, the he wall. Said the same, he said okay. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Then it I just gives just a different perspective, and and you know, it allows some people to be able to lock it because it's a multi multi angle joint, so it can be difficult to get the feel that you're looking for. It depends on a lot of other things. We're not talking about delt training right now i guess so we could probably do that next with all the different um we should bring Doug you know, back tweets on. and stuff like that oh yeah absolutely we have a lot of good guests that a lot of people want back on we need to have mm-hmm. probably get these guys back on a lot more frequently we gotta get Phil, justin harris Doug, just absolutely uh yeah. paul you know all these guys yeah. gary uh people want to hear from them dom i mean the list is long yeah yet yet before you move on maybe yeah. um we should ask the listeners to add their gym, gym bro oh, things that they've heard yeah. in the comment section. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What have you guys heard? What's the gym bro advice you've heard? All right. We, we only have time for one more here from Jason Franklin. Um, who are your favorite, least favorite types of client of new clients? The 130 pound hard gainer who used to train back in the day, 40 year old dad, uh, with 30% body fat, the soccer mom who wants to wear a bikini again, um, someone who is 600 pounds uh, for life, who wants to live, etc. I'm sure there's several other stereotypes you guys can discuss. And I'll tell him, I said that I'm excited to work with anybody that really wants to change. Like I could take a, 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 and I'm sure you guys have been this way too. How many soccer moms have you worked with that were out of shape and then they're kick ass and they do a hell of a job, and then they like they're motivated. That motivates me when I see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the ability to execute has always been my number one prerequisite. Mm-hmm. Because if you can execute, then you're going to be able to do usually be able to do really good work with a client. I still would go on record and say that I don't like the young hard gainers. I think in my experience, they complain a lot. But that's you know. Hmm. I don't even know if it's I think hard part of that is because they've had access to so much information now, right. some good, some bad. So then they, they start asking you like, well, why don't we adding in X or why mm-hmm. aren't you having me do this? And, yeah. and those kinds of things do start to bug me because it's like that's a concept or a technique that's above where you're at right now. 
And it's not something it, it'd be it's like the same thing as like a kid who does his first show, like we talked with Gary in last episode about doing a first show, wanting to qualify and go do nationals for a vacation. You know, it's yeah. it, it, it's it's kind of a step or a pay grade above where you're at right now. And it's not something we need to focus on. I, I, that, those are the kind of questions that start to bug me when they start trying to get too smart with you in a sense. And, and it's great if you want to learn, but it's just like you're not there yet. Yeah. And sometimes that can come off in a way like you're not maybe a good coach because you had exactly. to do these things. You know what I mean? Or you didn't know. Yeah. Andrew, didn't you know about, you know, this? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, is it not or a like, lack like, of trust and trusting the process? Absolutely. Too? And I know that I want a client who has come to me because of my name or my reputation and they trust. And I would imagine you guys feel the same way. They trust the process and they're kind of like, I want to work with this guy because he has the answers. He's going to get me where I want to be. And mm-hmm. with those younger kids, they, they do. They, you hit the nail on the head. They have a lot of information at their fingertips. And I, and I sympathize with them a little bit because they are kind of wading through that giant sea of turds and, and they're bombarded with information and they don't know what is good information and what isn't. I always say that's why you're hiring me, you know, right. it's, it, because I've been I've been probably that kid where I was maybe I didn't have a coach to talk to, but I would ask those questions <laughs> of myself and we had to learn right through the process like, oh, I don't even need to be thinking about that yet. I don't need to be thinking right. about using growth hormone on my first year of training. Maybe a little bit of testosterone is the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all our eyes always probably get big when we get a, an inquiry from, say, like a guy or girl who you can tell has superior genetics and you're like okay, like this is, this is going to be kind of fun to see where we can go with this. That's kind of a personal thing because we all want to excel within the bodybuilding world in terms of our coaching prowess, putting athletes on stage that are going to be going to nationals, going to the Olympia, going to the top shows. Right. But I am with you guys. I think hard work, ability to follow plan, follow directions. Those are, the, I, I don't genetic screen. It's really like those two things. And we're going to gel really well together. Mm-hmm. I, I had, sorry, I had to laugh out loud. Peter Edwards. He said, don't turn away the soccer moms trying to wear bikinis again. Keep doing God's work, gentlemen. My neighborhood pool is counting on you. <laughs> We're there for you, Peter. We're there for you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. right. Did we have anything else, Skip? Anything you wanted to, to mention? Anything going on? Uh, I'm headed to Milwaukee for a few weeks to see my kids, but I don't think anybody cares about that. <laughs> How about you, I am going to... I have two oh. seminar or four seminars oh. coming up in the UK and France. I will be there a little over two weeks. I'm taking my wife um, because she has to do a lot of the video filming and organization too. And it just happens to be over our 30th wedding anniversary. So we'll be in Barcelona. We come into London, do a, a couple seminars there, one in London, one outside of London. We go to Paris for three days for our anniversary. Then we go to the south of France to do the other two seminars. And then we spend a day or two in Barcelona. So it's going to be a nice vacation oh, yeah. um for us provided we're still married come august uh, 11th. <laughs> i'm kidding have you been uh, to europe before no never have this will be in a fact, fun experience I haven't, i'm not very worldly as far as traveling i mean i've been to mexico uh on cruises with our kids we used to do a lot of cruises because if you have kids and especially teenagers it's awesome it's an awesome vacation because they go and do their own shit they're not bugging you like if you're stuck on a beach going i don't have anything to do i don't know or they're looking for friends and they just find someone that's their age and then they go to try to get alcohol or something because they're bored out of their minds (laughs) it's a great vacation but i haven't been uh to play so i'm really excited to um 
you know, to not only to do the seminars, because seminars are always fun. I haven't done a seminar in 10 years. I used to do a lot of them right up until about 2012, 2013. And then, uh, you know, I actually liked my kids and my wife liked me back then. So I was tired <laughs> of traveling as much as I did. So I stayed home. Now that I don't have any kids and I have a wife that I think has a boyfriend, it's probably just <laughs> better if I start traveling again and have fun or take her on a vacation for once. Where's uh, Where can people find out about the seminars? I assume anybody listening right now could go to that. Yeah, um, they're going to be, we've already started it, in, in the areas over there, London and, and Perpignan. I, mean, I don't know how you say it, Perpignan or Perpignan. I call it Perpignan because I'm American, and that's <laughs> how it sounds phonetically. Um, they're going to do, you know, they're starting the advertising and stuff over there, but it, everything's going to be on social media. It's going to be available on YouTube because obviously I'm going to video it and everything else and use it for uh, business, you know, nice. marketing and PR and stuff like that, but that won't be until after I get back. Get but that. people it, that are it's there. It's all through Elite FTF. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. everybody there. But they're, uh, I don't want to say they're handling it. I'll be I'll be advertising and putting it out on social media. But at okay. the same time, the con the connections that I have there are going to be, I'm relying on probably 90, 95% to get the. So you're saying you don't want to mention it here. You don't know, you don't, you have a podcast no, well, the thousands of people listening, but you don't. No, 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 I definitely <laughs> like, will hear. But I also don't doesn't share his own podcast. I don't have the media. specifics in front of me of the of what the the gym names are where okay. I'll be doing it and stuff. He like has that. people that handle that, Scott. Yeah, I, I see. Have that's people. what he I'll, meant. I'll talk to my people and they'll yes. get back with your people and we'll go okay. from there. My people is me, so yeah, have them get to me. Well, because we'll put links to that stuff below. You know, people can for all the all the shows leading up to that point. That way, you know. Because we do have listeners out there, and we might, you know, who knows? It might only be a handful of people. You might get a bunch of people who listen to the shows that are like, man, because this would be this would be a, um, the first opportunity ever for some of these people to get a chance to to hear you talk in person. You know, especially for right. people who've listened to the show for years. You know, it'd be a cool mm -hmm. opportunity. Yeah. Did you guys know you can't mm -hmm. talk about gear in France? Did not know. Really? That. They have pretty. Um, they have stricter laws over there than I thought. They actually, France will limit the internet accessibility uh, to some degree based on the content of websites. I did not know that France did huh. that. Huh. The, the yeah, they UK, don't have a, they don't have a First Amendment right. like we do. No, yeah. apparently, um, apparently they don't. Which is, yeah. I guess, I was surprised because you know them, you know us, the United States being so close with France, that I thought we had more parallels. But again, that comes back to my my uh, lack of knowledge from not being very well traveled <laughs> and that's in that sort of thing so you can get in trouble for melanotan over there i guess too I, i'm like wow I'm you gonna, better like do a front load yeah um, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna come back pale yeah just, <laughs> it was looking like they were having another revolution over there have you guys yeah. seen that stuff when i was in germany yeah, actually, Paris, there was, Paris was i couldn't bad. do yeah, that's what I had considered going to Germany or going there from Germany because it was only a few hours away, but there was yeah. no way at the time. They were mm -hmm. just mad in Paris because they the government had was trying to increase by three years. And someone will correct me because I may be off of it, two or three years, the um, retirement age. So they took to the streets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they already only work like 32 or 35 hours per week. They have all these very, very... Um, uh, I don't want to say. Well, I think it's a little movie. deeper than that, but but that it is. That's part. But on the surface, it, you know, it's yeah. basically because of the retirement age changing. But you're probably right. Like I say, you know, 
you know far more about you guys are both of you are far more worldly you know than i am so it's going to be interesting to to see to get over there and see the differences and i'm sure it'll be a stark contrast to the united states oh dude it's going to be a freaking awesome experience for you i'm sure yeah yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. The people putting it together, my clients that are helping me over there are awesome. Uh, Nikki in in um, the UK, she's awesome. She was just here for nine days. Uh, I'll be over there, spend time with her again. And she's she's helping huge. And then she's going to be back here for the Amateur Olympia in uh, October. We laugh and say by the end of the year, we probably won't be working together anymore because we'll both be <laughs> on each other's nerves so bad that we won't be able to tolerate each other. <laughs> oh, shoot. Andrew, when's uh, Nate competing again? We're going to do the Vancouver Pro. Okay, cool. Van Pro. Awesome. Yep. That'll be great. So be great. we actually booked our tickets for that uh, two days ago, and yeah. uh, he got a nice Airbnb. We're going to be up there. It's a Sunday show. We're going to get there Wednesday and um, be there through Monday. So, yeah. You, you guys will get Should to hang good. out. You, get, you have to go to um, to Ron's gym while you're there. It's we're going like to try. A- yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah we're definitely gonna. I think it's an hour away from the actual oh, show. But okay. But we're, but I mean we're getting there pr- plenty early, so we have time to do that kind of stuff and and you know dick around a little bit. Um, yeah, he's actually moving down to. I'm going back to Florida Friday. He's moving down in what 24 days, 20 23 to days. Florida? He's moving oh. down. Yeah, and then uh, both of us we're going back up to New Jersey for Universe. Okay. Um, and then what else we got? Yeah, we're, we're like two peas in a pod this summer. We'll, we'll be going cool. all these shows together. Because now he's really building up his coaching business. He's got athletes that are doing national shows now. So now yeah. i got a travel partner, which is pretty cool. Oh, so. That's fun, man. Yeah. Now, what about the O? Oh, you going to yeah. be there, Andrew? Oh, dude, it's two hours from me. Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. I figured. I was hoping because I know I'm going to be there. I'll be there for the amateur, and then I'll turn around and come back and stay for the weekend. But, Scott, you're going as well, too, right? If three of us are there, it will be – I think it'll be awesome. Yo, and it'll be a great maybe we should get to meet people. Maybe we should get a BSG Airbnb. <laughs> BSG Airbnb. I'm not sure if I'm going yet. Um, I, oh, I haven't. I haven't heard whether Mutant go. wants me to go. So if they mm-hmm. want me to go, then uh, and we're going to do um, it's just bodybuilding from the booth or anything. If they want me to be at the booth, gotcha. then I'll definitely be going for sure. I might go anyway, so but I I have to figure that out still, and that's going to be. Yeah, you have right to at- pretend you're not, so that mutant steps up and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's well played. Yeah. Well played. No, but it would but be. Great I also, it would be cool. We, we haven't been together oh, ever. Uh, the three of us side of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, true, Scott and I do. I've never met you in person, Andrew. Have I? No, we haven't. We've never met in person. Isn't that fucking wild? Is that true? Yeah, we've never met in person. Wow. Yeah, I guess Isn't I never. It's funny on how them. the internet That's... works. You have to. You actually have to think about it. And go, oh my God, I've never because we interact so much and we know so much about each other that it's almost like oh, we haven't met. Basically. Yeah. When I saw yeah. Skip, he didn't even recognize me. Andrew, at the O uh, last year, you and your wife after the show, right? Yep. Yep. So yep. I mean that, and that's the only time. And the last time I saw Skip, Skip didn't even know who I was. He was just like, oh, hey. Hmm. Do you remember yeah, that? He's like, yeah, I'll give you my autograph later. I'm with my it's wife like right now. Two in the morning. Well, I, I'm terrible oh. at that. I, I'll see people that too. walk into the gym and I'll be like, oh, wow, that guy's kind of big. And then I realize, oh, shit, that's my friend Petros. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just terrible. I, I am like too. It's an old age thing like that. But I did. I saw you. Well, I saw you when we got off the elevator, which is that the time you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even. It's just funny that you spent Yeah, you were like, you went to go someone. hold the elevator for me. 
you yeah. know, and you're like, oh, here, sir, you know, or something like something. Random. At least you know I'm a nice guy without knowing who you are. Yeah. Like, don't hear Wait, and you guys had already been doing the show together. This was like oh, yeah. at Swiss last year. Yeah. We'd already met in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how bad. I told you I'm horrible with things like this. Horrible. You should just be like, I, oh, I don't I, see out of my left eye so well. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, I just didn't, I didn't even see you there. And then his I've next question this. was, he was like, you got your gun on you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, good, because I don't have mine. I flew. I'm going to be with you if any shit goes down here. <laughs> Remember, I will. I if anyone's not living in Florida at the time, I will support, I will supply firearms. <laughs> you're just gonna to... hand them out are you handing them out <laughs> we no, know by the end of if, july if... we don't have the carry conceal here anymore right isn't it the end of july oh, it's oh nice no start no july 1st it was signed july. into uh it was signed into law april 1st i believe it was by desantis that you no longer need a concealed carry permit to carry in florida so july That's 1st fantastic. you're free to if you're flying in for the weekend you can carry if you're if you're resident you can obviously carry so yeah i like the sounds of that all right mm-hmm. let's wrap this thing up guys for another episode of blood sweat oh. and gear yes oh, sorry. one more thing yes both nate and i are doing a seminar as well oh august 13th at the NPC Vermont show, which is in my backyard up here, nice. uh, we're doing like a, a halftime. It's going to be more of a Q&A, kind of ask us anything, but we're probably going to lead off with some type of short, um, you know, segment to get get things going. But that yeah, is so well, if you're in the, the New area. Choose between which one they want to listen to then, because I'm doing the first one on August 13th, too. So oh, are you really? Yeah, but no one's going to. Like I said. Over there, hold on. Yeah, Same I was gonna day. say it's a little bit of a different demographic. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were gonna well, fly to cool, Vermont, man. but we're going to France already. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to France to see Skip. Otherwise, I'd be there. Sorry. <laughs> Give me the information when you get it, and we'll you know yeah. put that in the description as well. All right, guys. We might actually have an IFBB judge too, or an NPC, a top NPC judge as well. So that would be great. I, I can't release his name yet because he's got to make sure he can do it, but it'll definitely be worthwhile. This guy is also an IFBB pro. Nate's another good IFBB pro. You get two really good IFBB pros and one old guy that happened to skate by in a master's card that knows a lot of stuff. So <laughs> should be good. Guys, go to truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK, uh, supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. Uh, ask me any questions about True Nutrition, by the way. I'd be happy to answer them for you. And, of course, thank you to everybody from Patreon. In fact, we had so many questions from Patreon. That's all we answered today. So thank you guys for Patreon. Um, and, um, of course, go to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew for coaching there. Team Skip, teamskip.com. Go to Skip there and McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Drop me a message. We'd all be happy to talk to you about your plans. Guys, for another episode of Blood Sweat and Gear, we'll see you soon.